No. Everyone, welcome to Godcast, the show where one of our hosts thinks that Intel Celeron is a good processor for gaming and editing. I'm your host. I'm your host, Hydrave99. I'm joined here with my good friends, Flip Alpaca and Ghost Weather Game. How is everyone doing tonight? You made that personally, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Number one, it's a fine computer, all right? It handles Filmora. And two, go fuck yourself. Great. Got it. Good. <laughs> all right. Alpaca, how are you tonight? Four cores, four threads. Um... What else are the specs? Oh, yeah. Um, no GPU. Uh, right. HD 620. Uh, no, UHD 610, I think. <laughs> mm. uh, it's only $230. Um, <laughs> wait, the bargain. Um, bombing your gun. Uh, this is the best part of the episode we can just roast on the other hosts anyways besides that um so for this video i mean it's okay so one of the things i am proud to announce today is that we are finally available on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts amazon audible you name it we have finally been able to expand the podcast to more places and more people to listen to for those of you who have been listening to me while I've been trying to get this podcast up on these other places, well, thank you very much. I hope you've been able to enjoy what you've listened to thus far, and we just hope to keep, you know, making this show better as time goes on. Also, for those of you watching this on YouTube, you probably know some slight tweaks to the UI for the video. I hope these cha slight changes make for a better and more entertaining show. Um, meanwhile, uh, did anyone have anything new to share with, like, how they've gotten any new technology or games or anything of the sort? This fucking guy thinks we're rich. <laughs> we buy electronics every week. <laughs> Just, like, anything, like, if you, have you played any games, have you, like, interacted with technology, like, how, like, anything of the sort? What do you mean interactive with technology? What the? You literally dissed on my computer, and then you have the balls to come tell me that how am I interacting with it? The fuck is wrong with you, you goddamn piece of shit? So, how much uh, porn have you installed onto the hard drive? Uh, zero. <laughs> Anyways, talking about porn, that's a great segue for OnlyFans. Right. I just take it away. You cock. <laughs> uh. Okay, fine. I guess we're going to start with OnlyFans, and I was hoping to start off with... Uh, nope, we're, we're starting it off with a bang. All right. It's a perfect segue, so I took it. All right, so... Well, I guess it's loaded. So, for those five people who didn't know, um, OnlyFans was about to ban its, tech, its whole sexual content thing due to it lacking... In the ability for it to get investors to support it. it. And so, we just happen to know that OnlyFans has been able to suspend its ban on sexually explicit content. So, that it put a lot of porn stores out of business. Oh my god, like, think about it this way like, if this actually was able to go through, 
it's like having the entire industry, you know, just completely that whole think about how many people who use that site would be just out of business. I wouldn't say out of business. They would find like another substitute. If not, another app developer will make another substitute. So, or just go to Pornhub. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. um, literally, if they want to get into that sort of shit, there's plenty of options, and not just you know, yeah, not not the one thing that got popular because of it. Yeah, it just happened to be that you know. This show, the, this app or site, you know, it just became popular. Like Tag said, it became popular because of the fact that it was able to attract so many like, people who wanted to do porn on it. It was not meant to be that, but there it is. But yeah, it managed to not attract many you know, investors and stuff because of its sexually explicit content, and only fans wanted to ban it because they wanted to get some investment on it, which, let's say, it made a lot of backlash. So. At least for now, these content creator, creators are going to be happy to know that they won't be getting, you know, money shipped, you know, lost or anything like that. So I can't think of words. Oh, it's okay. They'll still be able to monetize their pixels. Right. In some fame. And not, get not lonely losers to jerk to it. Right. Um, Ghost, do you have any other thoughts on the topic? So, uh, if they do, all right. There's a lot of Reddit boards that can substitute. Just kidding. Damn it. I was going to make that joke. That Reddit would be a perfect place. (laughs) Fuck. Well... There goes my uh there goes my joke, so no, I I don't have words for this one because uh think of it like this. We literally refer to OnlyFans, right? We refer to OnlyFans as OnlyFans, like straight up subbing to people who want to show their tits. But when creators and developers think of OnlyFans, they're like, oh, an application that people can use either as Patreon or as you know, whatever. It's crazy to me because the way that we look at it already is like, ha, OnlyFans, we're going to sell feet pics, lol. And I'm like, all right. I, the fuck was that laugh? <laughs> Swear to God, I heard a clown. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's crazy to me on why they are now changing their mind when they knew that this was going on for God knows how long. Right. So, okay, that makes sense. So, do you have anything else to say about this topic besides the fact that it's a relief for those that want to create content on the site and other things? Big Titty Gothic better hit me up. We're right. talking about this band. She better hit me up. All right. So, the forewarning. I'd only ever have to say, um, the only thing that I think is, is probably they didn't see it coming because like they just (laughs) now coming. They just now realized, oh shit, we're losing money this way. But now they dug themselves too far in that grave. So, yeah. Okay. Um, 
One thing I was going to mention before we started talking about OnlyFans is that the only thing I managed to grab is this. That's not from OnlyFans, is it? No. This is something I was going to talk about beforehand. This is a limited edition version of the physical copy of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. The game. I am going to act like I know what that is. Um, well, do you remember the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the movie? Or any of the no. comic books? Well, this game was famous because back in, like, the 360 PlayStation 3 days, the game actually got delisted from those stores, and you couldn't get it anymore for a while. And it wasn't until literally the beginning of this year that it came back on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. And the thing was is that they were doing a physical release of the game, but it's limited. So that was the why this was a big deal. Yeah, I've never seen the movie. All I know is that Edgar Wright made Scout Pilgrim, and, the, and it was a really, really good movie. And I know that he made Baby Driver, which I absolutely fucking love. So yeah, Scott Pilgrim. All I know, all I know is this one scene of. Uh... Oh, Scott's not here as he dives through the fucking window. Um, that's the only thing I remember. Yeah. The game itself is actually pretty good. It's like an old... It, it plays like a like Streets of Rage or the old school Ninja Turtle games. And stuff like that. So. Anyways, besides that little mini distraction, I want to get on to the topic I was originally going to start off the whole thing with. And that is GameCop. And we're going to start with Xbox's stream, because that came before the big stream, right. which was opening live. Now, I want to start off with the opening part of this whole thing. We're going to scroll down a bit, because I w did watch the stream. And it began with Dying Light 2. Oh, hell yeah. So we're going to start off with that, because I remember that... Don't don't worry uh, about the link. Uh, that's that's just the scene I was mentioning. Right. <laughs> but anyways, so it started off with Dying Light 2. And I remember now this was when I was trying to hype you up on your stream, but then again you didn't like URL links on your thing and we had a whole minor scuffle about it. But anyways, besides that point, let's just start talking about Dying Light 2 and what it, it brought to the table. So the trail they brought introduced more look took a deeper look into its combat and parkour. And it mentioned in the trailer that it introduced twice the amount of parkour combat abilities compared to the first game. Oh hell yeah. And they introduced a paraglider and a grappling hook so you can get around the whole city a lot faster. Well, Dungley One already had a grappling hook, so the paraglider is definitely a new addition, which I no, paraglider is not relatively new. Yeah. I know a lot of games have definitely been taking a lot of influence from, like, Breath of the Wild, because that had a paraglider, and that made it really popular, and that was a really good game. It can't so, be a good game just because the paraglider. It got to be a good game because of the story and how it was executed. Yeah, and it seemed like, you know, they are doing a lot of interesting things with the game. Yeah. Like, Joe, did you watch that trailer that I sent to you through Discord? I have, and I'm relatively intrigued i've even been watching the uh way that 
I've been watching the slow development of it and how they're making some of the monsters and how they're making the combat and et cetera. And I'm legitimately like, I'm like, yo, the second I get $60, bam, I'm buying it. Right. I'll pack I it. cannot wait. Yeah, I'll pack it. Do you have anything else to say about Dying Light 2? Uh, not really. <clears throat> I remember playing it on the Xbox a few years ago. And, uh, I guess it, you know, it was definitely fun um, playing with Ghost, and uh, I I only hope that the sequel is as good as well, you know? That's pretty much all I can say. Right. I hope because... it's not like, you know, just a rehash. I hope it actually, you know, is really intriguing instead of just being an addition to, you know. Right. But, because I remember that one of the things that they are trying to do with Dying Light 2 is they're adding like, moral consequences to the story. So they have different endings and stuff like that. Yeah, that 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 would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, announcement that personally got me a little shocked and like I got a little jump out was that Crusader Kings 3 is coming to Xbox Series X and S. Now, this was a game that's been historically been a PC, like, title series. Like, it's been, like, one of these really complex strategy games. And I was shocked to find out they were able to bring this to a console and controller. Now, they did something... Now, the people at Firaxis did something similar with the Civilization VI. And I got that on Switch, like, as soon as that thing came out. But Crusader Kings 3 is going to be on Game Pass as well, and I can just download it and just play on my Xbox Series X and try it out there. And for when I play Crusader Kings 3, it's a very interesting strategy game. Like you can you can do some weird stuff like incest and shit. Like it, what? Yeah, you you can literally have some. It's literally like playing like a medieval game simulator. You can you can you can pretty much make the Habsburgs or like conquer all of Europe and. Sh- stuff it's a really cool game i wish i had more time to play it but it's really in depth i'm not sure if you said conquest or incest both <laughs> all right uh so that's a good time for me to opt out uh i don't think i'd be buying that game for i don't know i don't live in alabama so <laughs> well welcome to the middle ages where you literally had the Habsburgs literally get freaking they, their whole family line in Spain literally died out because someone got inbred by a bunch of siblings. Oh, great. And that's how they made Sloth from the Goonies. Pretty much. Um, Another game they showed off was more Wasteland 3. And they're bringing a special edition collection of the game considering all the DLC and stuff like that. Wasteland 3 is a game that was developed by the original creators of the Fallout series. And they all are in part of a studio of In Exile which is owned by Microsoft. Right. So that's a whole thing. Now, one thing that a lot of people brought that was interesting is the fact that State of Decay 2 is actually in DLC. And the reason why that's more in- interesting to think about because State of Decay 3 is actually in development. So this could potentially be like, this is the DLC that's going to try to tie in, you know, State of Decay 2 and 3 together. Like, it's hard to say what's going to go on here. And I know none of us played Data Decay. I haven't, only because it was really tedious. I I have played a small bit of it, but I was like, yo, this is not my game. Because 
Here, here's what happened for me was when I was playing Cedar Decay, it was like, you got to pay attention to your hunger, your food, the in, the integrity of the building. You got to pay attention to everyone else. And I'm like, how though? That is so many things as well as just surviving. Right. I'm like, that's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I played a tad bit of it. I, I won't say it's, it's like... I, I won't say it's bad, but I've um, I found it a tad bit, not not even really like tedious for me. I just found it a bit like uh, I I don't know. I feel I felt like there's so much to do, and there was so little time. I feel right, right. I don't know. Yeah, I hope that with Mike, with them being that studio being officially acquired by Microsoft, that they'll have more funding to make State of Decay three a pretty good game. But we'll see. And another thing they showed off is that there's a collaboration with Sea of Thieves and Gearbox, so they're doing a Borderlands themed ship for Sea of Thieves. Another thing they're gonna sh- they're doing is they're adding some updates to Microsoft Flight Simulator. They're gonna include Germany as like one of the like pre rend like their rendered seats, you know, like Germany, Austria, Switzerland. It's like a, yeah, a properly rendered uh, like region, and they're adding a couple planes from that region, and they're even adding like a competitive like multiplayer like racing mode to the game and. Microsoft Flight Simulator is like one of the most demanding games on PC. Like similar to the memes of Crisis back in the day for PCs, like that game, like taxes your PC hard. I do remember hearing it required like thirty-two gigabytes of RAM. Yeah, it's insane. And they did bring it to Xbox Series X and X, so I can actually play this on my Xbox. I see. Um. But actually, one of the most interesting things they highlighted here was the fact they're bringing cloud gaming to Xbox Series X and X and Xbox One consoles. Now, what this is useful for is that for Xbox One players, this allows them to play Series X and X games on their Xbox One. So, like, when Starfield comes out, you can play Starfield on your Xbox One through the cloud. Or, in the case of Xbox Series X and X, what you can do with it is that you can actually play the game while it's downloading via streaming. So you don't have to necessarily wait for the game to download. You can just play the game and once it's done locally downloaded, then you can just hop over and switch over to the local side. Which I think that I could, Yeah, that's gonna be I think that's gonna be pretty useful, honestly. Oh yeah, definitely. Ghost, do you have anything to say about this feature? I don't know. I don't... I don't not like the idea of streaming the game and downloading it, but I wonder how that works. Like, I wonder how much... I don't know how hefty that is on not only computers and on Xboxes, but my concern is, like, how hefty is it on Wi-Fi if you're streaming and downloading? That is a good point, but... I mean, this is useful overall. If you have a really, like, I feel like a gigabit internet, or like one of those people who have those really fast internet speeds, and I wish I can, I could steal your internet for that. Like, that sounds really useful for those people. That, uh, that does, that is very interesting. Like, if you're not, if you're 
Wi-Fi is, or or not even Wi-Fi, but any amount of your internet, even if you're using Ethernet, if it's any a bit of subpar, you're not gonna have a fun time playing it because, you know, it's gonna be very choppy. Even though the console could be, could be doing it, like, I guess that's a good trade-off, though. You know, you do have to kind of just, like I said, trade it off. You know. Yeah. It's like uh, playing while uh, the game is loading everything else, kind of, yeah. procedurally. I don't know. Exactly. Um, Age of Empires 4 showed off a new history feature where they showed off a cutscenes for the game that are they kind of explain some history and stuff like that. Forza 5, they showed up they, after the stream, after like the main show ended, they went off and did some Forza Horizon 5 gameplay and showed off some different cars and stuff like that, and they showed off a limited edition controller. Um, I seen this controller online, and it's a yellow controller with like some splash paint of pink and blue. If you guys are curious, you can go watch it. And yeah, they all showed off some more things about Psychonauts 2 and all that other stuff. But this show was okay overall. I mean, I mean, if I knew Ghost very well, he would have stuck it out for just the Dying Light 2 stuff, and then after that, he would have just dropped out of the stream because everything else was boring. Mmm, Outlast. Mmm, Skate. Well, this is just the Xbox stream, not opening night live. That's a separate thing altogether. I know. That stream we're going to talk about next. That one. Oh, man. That one. That one has some more hype stuff. Mm, House of Darkness or something. House of Ashes. That, that House we're gonna of Ashes. That we're going to talk about later. In fact, that wasn't even an opening night live. So, yeah. We're going to go right into opening night live. And one of the things that I was actually most hyped for is the fact that they announced the Saints Row reboot. They're not doing four. They're going right back to square one. It's a whole new set of characters, whole new world. Will you be abducted by aliens as the president again? No, hopefully not. Saints Row 4 is fucking no, awful. <laughs> no, they're really going back to okay, square good. one. They're going for like an entirely different... Like none of the characters in the original series are in here. It's a completed cast. Good. I see. Will it be any bit of, uh, like, uh, its usual formula of being kind of like GTA with, like, superpowers or something, in a way? No superpowers or anything. It's just, like, yeah, it is, it's still kind of similar to GTA. Uh, not superpowers. I'm thinking of the fucking, uh... uh That's Saints Row 4. Yeah, I'm thinking of the weird, like, supernatural version of, uh, like, I think you got That's what three. to or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I can't remember. I'm yeah. sorry. Because Saints Row 4 actually was supposed to be an expansion for Saints Row 3. But then when TH when THQ Even shut down... Both yeah. of them sucked. Like, alright, I'm gonna be awful right now, but like, Saints Row 4 and 3, I genuinely hated. Saints Row, Ron, Saints Row 1, I loved. Sec Saints Row 2 was iffy, but like, the rest of them sucked. And to see them go back to the roots and just like hey here's the city go pick up a dildo bat and whop someone over the head that was my stomping ground yeah i'm just gonna throw i'm just gonna hold this here for no reason but put a demonetized box on it no i'm not gonna do that we'll leave that uncensored for the audience 
anyways besides that um yeah i did see the trailer it's kind of taking place in like a american southwest sort of town like city they're calling it santo yeso and like i said there it's a whole different setting it's not like in still water like the first game it's a whole different world whole new cast of characters and yeah it seems there's gonna be some mild wackiness like the series has had but it's not gonna be like you know like three or four words super wacky i see so anyways the next thing they showed off is marble's midnight suns another one of the things and it's actually a tactical rpg made by Firaxis, who is the developers of the Sinmire civilization series so it's going to be a strategy rpg so it's a I'm not much of a Marvel fan. But yes, sir. I mean, for those of you who are, I mean, this might be a game worth looking into. Loosened. Um, Translucent. They also showed off some some Call of Duty Vanguard campaign play, gameplay, which I'm not going to go too much in depth about that. Unless, yeah, two of you want to talk about it. Well, call it Juju. Oh my god. <laughs> it's in World War II now. It's a completely different game. I'm so hyped. Do you have any thoughts about this, Ghost? Or do you just want to move on to the next thing they brought up? Dude, I'm going to be sick. I got to go. Okay. Um. Yeah, do that. And I guess me and Alpaca will continue the show on from here. All right, so Ghost left, so I'm going to just, just yank him out here. And we're going to move us in the middle here, so because it just... I wonder what it looks like in the preview for you. Now the NDI is, like, uh, has nowhere to go. It actually is just a frozen screen. I see. So I'm just going to shift some things around on this side oh, here. Yeah. And, yeah, so the next thing we have to talk about is Halo Infinite having its release date officially announced, and that is on December 8th. And they're also going to have a special edition Xbox Series X and a new controller, which, spoiler alerts, for those of you who have been following the scalping situation, it's already been sold out. Of course it's already been fucking sold out. Oh my god. Uh, scalpers just grab anything that's popular right now. On demand, and there's like, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much what's going on here is that like, so if we go back to that roadmap that we had from a couple like last week, where we talked about the Halo Infinite roadmap, mm -hmm. this would mean that one of the most I think it's yeah I think it was the co-op campaign won't be a thing till like March, and the other mode, the Forge, won't be available till like June. Mm. So that's something to keep in mind is that you're not going to get Forge or co-op campaign at launch, but if you're looking for a good multiplayer experience, check Halo Infinite out. I haven't played it myself, but it looks really fun. Let's see. I, I can't. I can't remember. I remember um, it being said that like from some random person in the chat. I think I can't remember who it was, but it was in one of Ghostwire's streams, and uh, he said, "Oh, it's like Animal Crossing." And I was like, what? So, wow. 
hope you can explain that. Um, Maybe it's it could be possibly like the forge mode where you like are designing a map and everything like that. You're placing props everywhere. But, but that's just forge. Yeah, that's that's one. not Animal Crossing. That's not that's not farming and shit. Well, Animal Crossing, you're also designing your own place, so it's probably more like that part. Oh, okay. Well, that's the compa- that's the <laughs> comparison I can think of. But the two games are definitely not alike at all. No, not at all. Um, they also showed off this Cult of the Lamb game, which it looks like you play as a possessed lamb who has to repay the mysterious stranger who saved you from annihilation by developing and following in his name. Oh. See, this could have been a game that Ghost would have liked, but who knows? Who knows? And then we have Midnight Fight Express. Which was a it's a beat 'em up that's developed by a some developer in Poland. Um, not much to say on that. TMT's Treasure Revenge. And they showed off a new another character called April O'Neil, some like someone that, like a female character. Wait, April O'Neil? Isn't that somebody from? Wait, what? One second. Isn't that from T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something? That's the whole thing. It is a Ninja Turtles game. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, shit. I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm. What the fuck is wrong with me? So they, they're bringing her in as a playable character in addition to the four turtles. I'm sorry. That's fine. But pretty much what this game is, it's another, it's a, it's made by some, it's made by .emu, which I believe has some of the former developers from the one of the games I showed up earlier. So a similar art style to this game here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a beat em up. So, and a lot of people seem to be really hyped about this game because it seems to harken a lot back to like the old school Ninja Turtles games. Yeah. One of the other games they showed off and opening it live was Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. So they're essentially doing a re like a remaster of like some of the original Ninja Turtle games. I see. And they're bringing in a character called Morgana who appeared in Persona Five. Little cat character. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sure you know what Monkey Ball is, right? Yep, definitely. So if you're into if you're into any of that sort of stuff, go go play that game. So, and then they also show up some more stuff about Splitgate. This is a shooter with Portal, but it's like, think of it like Call of Duty mixed with Portal. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've seen it. it. It literally is kind of like that, except it's more Halo then. Yeah, something like that. It's a shooter. It's, it's like Halo, Call of Duty, Portal, mix them yeah. together, and you get this. Looks like a pretty fun game, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't played it myself but it looks pretty fun me too i could see us potentially playing that in the future at some point when we're not busy with you know recording and doing other stuff oh yeah um they also showed off something for Riot Republic that there's an open beta going on now hmm that is ubisoft's like open 
like online sports game where it's like they mix like snowboarding and bike riding and stuff. I don't I know. I don't know if you have if you kept up with the game at all. Uh, not I, really. No, I haven't really either. But it seems like it could be pretty cool for instance that sort of like bike riding, snowboarding, skiing sort of thing. Yeah, n- not not for me, but. I, I I do understand it. Why some people like it? Yeah. Then you, then you have Century of Ash Age Century Age of Ashes. This is a free to play dragon flying PVP game. Mm-hmm. So cool for that. They also have UFL, which is it looks like it's I can't really say what this is, but by looking at it. But it looks cool, I guess. And they also show something about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Oh. Which is being delayed to spring 2022. Interesting. Um, they showed off Synced Off Planet, which is a game in a post-apocalyptic future where robots have turned on humans. Which is like nanobots. I guess they claim it's a PvPVE. I see. Um, and this is the top that Ghost wish he was able to make it for. Outlast Trials, which is a co-op survival horror game that, well, Yeah, you pretty much like it's like an obstacle course trying to survive. I'm sure he would have been enjoying this game if he could. Oh yeah, I, I the only thing I I worry about is that it's like everyone is moving on to like a multiplayer sort of cash grab sort of thing. Sure. Um, because like you know ever since that whole like oh single player is dead sort of statement, and how everyone's kind of been cutting out the campaign too much. You know, right? I hear you. It's just a whole thing. I, I just hope it's not a cash grab. You know, right? I hear you. Like a certain uh, pachinko machine company. <laughs> Anyways, we also have Dokev, which is a game from the Black Desert developers, and it looks like it's entirely different. And it looks like it's a game where. It's kind of like a Pokemon-ish sort of game, but there's also skating and gliding and mini cars and boats to get around. So it looks like an open-world-ish Pokemon game, but then again, who knows? Like, mixed with the MMO sort of thing. It's hard to really say. I see. I haven't watched many of these trailers. I mean, I would have... I was gonna gonna watch Gamescom Live, but unfortunately, I kind of skipped out of it by accident. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. So it's going to make my views seem a little jaded. So for those of you looking for interesting commentary here for like informative commentary, you're not getting it through this report. We're just, I'm just staring at these before giving my raw reactions to everything. And we have Alpaca on the side too. And we had a ghost here just talking about this if his stomach wasn't, you know, completely jaded. Oh, yeah. 
And then we have Jurassic World Evolution 2. This is a sequel to Jurassic World Evolution, which I believe is... Yeah, it's made by the developers of Planet Coaster, and it's a park-building game where you build your own Jurassic Park. That uh, sounds fun. I, I can tell a certain somebody who's going to like... Uh, you know, building theme parks where it's literally fall into a pit of uh, velociraptors. You probably could. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then you have a, another trailer for Far, Far Cry 6. We've seen this plenty of times. I mean, it's not surprising. Oh, yeah. And Vampire the Mask Parade Blood Hunt. It's a battle royale. Vampire game. I, I am out like. on that one. All right, what? Vampire. Van, what am I saying? Vampire Battle Royale. It, that's what it seemed like. It's World of Darkness Battle Royale. I'm up. Blood Hunt is landing here. Shark Moth showing up. A new trailer announced. Had an early access September 7th. And then the Park Beyond, which is something I'm a bit more into. It's a park simulation game from the Tropical Game developers. So this could be pretty cool. It's kind of like a wacky park building game. I see. Um, and then you have Jet the Far Shore, which is a space exploration game. So that could be interesting. Horizon Forbidden West got its release date, which comes at February 18th, 2022. Okay. Uh, this actually was a game that was supposed to release in 2021, but this one came back to 2022 due to all the COVID stuff. And then you have New World, which is actually going to get an open beta uh, from September 9th to 12th, and then it'll launch on September 28th. And it'll make your fans spin so fast that they'll fly off uh, the, uh, you know fly off and you know cut your leg off yeah so hopefully you know we don't have to deal with that hopefully they fix that one fingers crossed oh yeah which they have i know but yeah i can't forgive them for destroying everything that has made sure to destroy any sort of graphics card or prevent them or delay them or anything is literally my enemy right now. I hear As it. a PC building enthusiast in a way. Right. Um, and then you have Jumanji The Curse Returns. Which is a digital board game based on Jumanji. That's coming out in September. And then apparently there's... Over Hasley, I think. And somehow it's Denmark the game. And it's a concert venue, I guess. Okay. So I guess it's like a game that you use to like interact with fans and and it also is a concert space. That makes no sense, but okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's got to be more to it than that. I haven't watched the trailer, I don't know. Oh yeah, I know. I'm just like, what? And all guys crossing over with Jungle Book. 
So you can see in the, you can see on my screen at least, there's a bean with a tiger skin. Okay. Um, it's also replaced, which is, looks like a pretty interesting game, I guess. And then Age of Empire 4 got another, got a gameplay trailer, not like the history show that they got the other day. And then there's Valheim on home, which I, and then Genshin Impact came Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn as a playable character. Sifu is coming out February 20, 22nd, 2022. And that looks to be like a, you know, like a beat-em-up, 3D beat-em-up sort of game. Okay. And then it looks like they end up the show with Death Stranding Director's Cut. Um, yeah, it seemed to be a pretty good show overall. I thought this, from what I saw from the announcements, it looked like a better show than what Xbox had. Yeah, but the, I'm not super, I'm not super stoked right now about, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, like it's okay. the shows were okay. I mean, I was excited about Saints Row. I, you know, some of the games they had, they were pretty cool, but... Nothing really, you know, groundbreaking per se. Yeah. Like, was there for any, me, yeah. Yeah, like, was there anything else that kind of stood out to you, be it positive or negative about Gamescom, be it from Xbox's stream or Gamescom you wanted to highlight even further? Uh, not really. I, I'm a little bit interested, but I'm not super, like, oh, yay, this is coming out, and, you know, it's more like, oh, yay, this is coming out. More money down the drain for games or something. Like, I, I want to make sure that the game is actually worth my time, kind of, you know? Yeah. More Jeff Keighley, Hideo Kojima, Walking Simulator promotion. Just kidding. <laughs> but it looks like they actually tried to, like, for the director's cut, like, this improvement they're doing. They're trying to, like, improve, like, the pacing of the game. I see. Make it faster yeah. and not as much of a, you know, delip walking sim. <laughs> yeah. But Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done with Gamescom, so I think we can move on to the announcement that one of the thing articles you brought up. Yeah, this uh, this one was pretty interesting. It was a uh, yeah. So talk know. about. Talk about how Skate 4 is coming to PC. Oh, um, let me actually look, see if it's actually Skate 4, if it's just a, uh... It mentioned, it mentioned in the article that it will change with the next installment in EA's beloved series. So it's gonna, it's implying Skate 4. I see, alright. Um... Yeah, it says next installment. I see. All right. All right. So, so. that's what I was going to say. Have you had a personal connection to the series or anything? Um, not really. I've just been, you know, trying it out with Ghost Weller and stuff. And, like, you know, uh, I'm not super into, like, skateboard sort of stuff. Like, for me, at least. But, 
Um, but I do like, I do like the idea of it because you know, Ghost and I just got into like PC gaming, and all of a sudden they're porting or not not porting. They're making a like a reboot sort of thing for all on the uh, on the PC, and uh, I mean I, I'm just I just hope it's pretty fun compared to like skate three and and all that stuff you know from what i've tried on the xbox i hear you yeah i think overall like i mean i myself had some history with skateboarding games i mean i have tony hawk's pro skater 2 on my dreamcast but the one i've really gotten ham with was tony hawk pro skater 3 this isn't skate by any chance this is my history with like skateboarding games oh yeah my history with skateboarding games uh also kind of started with like both my brothers and another friend that i used to have but continue on with yours my mine was just it's just oh yeah it's a skating game and whatnot try to like glitch the game out or discover new things or whatever like i still remember like until i first game three you can use like cheat codes and get like darth maul playing as that and stuff like that and some of the other characters that were in the game that was a pretty fun time yeah uh, but just looking at Skate, though, I mean, I wouldn't mind trying Skate 4 at some point. I, I'm not going to guarantee I'm going to get it, but it seems like a pretty fun game. I just hope with this, uh, director's cut of Death Stranding, they had a skateboard mode like they did in MGS, uh, 2. <laughs> Who knows? Might make that game a little less of a walking simulator. Yeah, more of a skating simulator. <laughs> really funny. Uh, but yeah, like, do we have anything else to say about Skate coming to PC? Not really. I uh, just, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a cool little addition that they should have gotten a spot at Gamescom, I believe they should have. It's like... Right. Um, now, Ghost wanted to talk about House of the Ashes. I don't know if we should save that for next week when he comes back, or if we should talk about it today. Well, let's talk about a little bit about it. Is it like about you know what it's kind of gonna be um yeah, but so also you know save most of it you know to talk to him about it later yeah i think we'll just highlight it real quick but then we'll talk about it like when he comes back next week the first thing we do yeah just to kind of make like a part two we'll split it off into two parts i would say we'll talk about a little bit of it first and then we'll save most of the talk for next week so he can just gush about it yeah so, I don't know exactly what this game is. I never even heard of this game until I was up. And you want to talk about it? So, do you know anything about this game series? Okay, so um, let me. Uh, so I'm not sure if it has anything to do with the uh, other ones, but uh, there were. Two, as far as I can tell, there were two different um, types of these games that was released by Dark Pictures, I believe. Um, there was Until Dawn. Um, it's about a group of, um, you know, young adults who um, go on vacation f with their, um, for the, from their, their, their uh, I guess... Uh, one of the kids' fathers or mothers inherited a large log cabin or something. Either way, they 
you know, they hang out and go on vacation at this log cabin. Like, it's a really big mansion, not just a log cabin. It's a big, overarching mansion. But there's something out in the woods, and it's it's not happy that they're there. Um, Men of Madon, or Median, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I say Madon because it just sounds correct to me, the way it's it says, the way it's written. Um, I have no idea about it because I never got into that part, but I was super hyped about it until dawn. And um, this one, it seems to be a another type of, uh, you know, there's a monster sort of, or a mystery or something going on sort of thing. That's pretty much what it is. There's a mystery going on and we're trying to like find out what the hell happens. Because with Until Dawn, you know, you see, like, you know, like, there's stuff to do with, like, ancient burial ground sort of stuff and all that other stuff. Um, and, like, mythologies. So, um, this one seems to have to do something with uh, Sumerian um, stuff. Um, yeah, because I'm looking over here, like, it's saying, like, Iraq 2003. Yeah. In the shadow of the Zargos Mountains, a military unit comes under fire from Iraqi forces. The resulting firefight causes an earth tremor where both sides fall into the ruins of a buried Sumerian temple. With all communications severed, our protagonists are trapped in a terrifying underworld they must navigate to escape, unaware that something ancient and evil has awakened in the shadows and has found a new prey to hunt. Now, like I said earlier, I believe Ghost will be able to talk about more of this in general, because I think he seems to be a bigger fan of it than this than either of us would. So I don't know if we have much else to say and just let Ghost tell us the rest. I, I, I apologize. I made a mistake. Um, Until Dawn is by Supermassive Games. Um, uh, it's not made by uh, Dark Pictures, but the art style is very, very similar. Yeah, um, I think it, it is. This is all from Supermassive Games' website, by the way. What? It is? Yeah. Oh, shit. Maybe maybe I did fuck up then. Because okay. you look on the top left corner of the website here. It says Supermassive Games. Oh, sorry. I'm being, I'm being dumb. But... But, like mm. I said, I think ghost has a lot more to say about this because like i said i think he's more interested in this than either of us are i don't know if you agree yeah i, I apologize i i i don't know why i keep on blinking out and like being like oh yeah that is an april o'neill teenage mutant ninja and all we are talking about a fucking game that you literally said and, and I, I apologize um oh, it's fuck. fine like I said, I wanna. I wish Ghost was not having a stomach. I kind of wish at times we were able to record this the next day, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. We can't stop it now. It, we're already like a third of the topics in already. Yeah. So, I think our next topic here. So, Alpaca, you brought this to my intention here. Would you mind explaining to me this whole? metroid project that got shut down okay so i just saw it um it said oh they got nintendoed so i was like oh great another another fan project gets uh gets you know cocked blocked basically yeah um so 
back in April, a group of incredibly talented independent developers calling themselves Team SCU released an impressive demo for Prime 2D. And it's basically a remake of Metroid Prime, but in um, the, you know, Metroidvania style. Um, and there was, you know, there's, you know, it was a simply just legal reasons, according to the, the website. Um, I just wish that, because they're not going to make any money off of this, I just wish Nintendo understood that well, just that this stuff could be a really fun, you know, like this is a fan project. This is like, we love your product so much that we are making a um, a non-canon fictitious version or a remake, not to, you know, steal away your you know, um, not to steal your competition or steal your assets or steal any money or any anything you'd get if you release this instead, but just to show that we love this this uh, series so much, you know, it's just like I, I wish they would understand that. That's you know, they probably never will unless there's a different you know change of corporation you know, different change of head, I mean. Right. Um, or just a general change of heart, I guess. Um, but I just feel like this would have been pretty cool to check out. Like, a, you know, T- 2D Metroid Prime, because, like, I, I never really got super into Metroid Prime. I played Hunters, and I've never really played much of Metroid in general. Um, but I, uh, I do find the idea of like a, a, you know, a 2D version of Metroid Prime interesting. And if anything, they could have just, you know, they could have just let it be until I just, I just feel like Nintendo is in this thing is that they don't, they feel like these fan games are harming their sales for some reason, when it's literally just a fan project. I mean, I understand they have full legal rights to literally, you know, cease and desist, but they're they're not harming your sales at all. Nobody's buying Metroid Prime 3D. New, brand new for the GameCube and anymore. You could make a remake or you know, a remastered version or just a HD, um, you know, kind of like how Resident, Resident Evil 4 doesn't update the textures. It just, you know, makes it 1080p and stuff. And, you know, if, if they could do that, and that's completely fine. But when it comes to, like, you know, a, a different plane of existence with 2D to 3D or 3D to 2D, <sighs> I don't know. It's it's it gives me a headache thinking that these people are so, I guess, arrogant almost that they, you know, they don't understand that fans aren't there to get them. They're here. They're there to show that they feel like these games are worth being um, having fan editions. They're like they, they feel like these games are worth 
having like, you know, like if if I had fan art of me, I would not, you know, immediately destroy it because it it taints my image or something or, you know, whatever, whatever Nintendo thinks, you know, I'd be happy. Oh, hey, people actually kind of like me. They're willing to draw, you know, art of whatever, you know. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say, though, other than just rehashing, you know, the same mantra, Nintendo needs to stop killing fan games sort of stuff. Um, so I'm gonna give it back to you, Hydro. Right. Uh, um, so what's your opinion, if you I'm do? What I'm say is that this makes us say that we need the Metroid, the rumored Metroid Prime trilogy on the Switch at this point. We just need that on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is one. And two, we need to get Game Boy Advance games on the Switch virtual console subscription thing that they're doing as well. Like a, like a Game Boy Advance app. So that way we can get Fusion on the Switch. Fusion, that truly makes sense. Because Fusion doesn't ha- is not on there. Because you could play Metroid 1. You could play... But Metroid 2... Besides the 3DS remake, because you can't play yeah. on the Switch, but at least get Metroid 2 and Fusion on there. You have a Game Boy player, a game like a Game Boy Advance sort of player. You can get Metroid yep. 2 and Fusion on there. Mm-hmm. Now it's all the dilemma of how do you get people caught up with the 2D games because Metroid Dread's coming out later this year. Yeah, and I th- what I was about to say is that is that truly makes sense about um, what if they're you know, they got rid of the fan game because they might be making, like, they might be porting one of the, uh, you know, they might be porting some of the games to the Switch. Or, you know, this could, could, as a rumor, it, this might mean something, but other than it just being like, oh, Nintendo's, you know, <laughs> you know, cease and desisting because they can. Right. But yeah, there's like a rumored like Metroid Prime trilogy that could be used to tie in with Metroid Prime Four. Yeah. So, if this if they if this is simply because they're trying to make sure that hey this would impede on you know whatever trying to do a Metroid Prime, I could honestly somewhat understand it. But like you said, it's a fan game. We should just they should just leave it alone because I, I don't know if you noticed, but like the last few years, Nintendo's been really aggressive against like emulators and fan games. Mm-hmm. aggressive like too aggressive in fact i feel and back then you could not do anything nintendo related without signing a release or something yeah so it's a whole weird thing overall like i don't think yeah like this is just a weird news overall i wish nintendo like i have a switch i'm a huge fan of their games i just wish they wouldn't do stuff like this oh yeah certainly so because the preservation of video games because video gaming has became become a thing that is you know it's become a very big phenomenon you know compared to you know even even like five years ago so just it just to think like excuse me game preservation should be a a higher priority more than ever now that like 
now that you know one NES you know the the NES isn't being fully supported right now right um by Nintendo you can't get it repaired anymore because mm-hmm. they simply have just given up um I remember that happened like a few years ago um and I just say like if if these cartridges you know, there are not an infinite amount of cartridges, but there's an infinite amount of copies of ROMs that you can have, you know. So that's all I'm saying is that when all those cartridges get destroyed and there is no uh, golden original copy, then that thing is lost to time. Right. Just don't be like Atari and bury like a thousands of copies of certain games just for the sake of trying to get rid of them let people have them eh that was different right um okay i think that's it for that topic i don't think i have much more to say on it unless you still have more to say no i just yeah like i said i don't want to repeat the same mantra of nintendo bad preservation because i'm sure there's gonna be more topics that will come up regarding this over time, that will you all want to repeat the same point again, especially because then we're gonna have other viewers from like you know the audio side or the video side of this show, whatever. So Nintendo big salt yes. and not the preservation salt. Exactly. So I our next topic for today, and I think this will be one another one I would guess was on because he uses this on his Discord server. Is the fact that. Groovy is getting shut down. So, for those who don't know, Groovy is a bot that you would use on Discord to play audio on the server. Okay. So, pretty much happened that because Groovy can play all this music and like that, that's usually copyrighted. Google is going after Groovy and trying to shut them down. Oh, nice. I'm I'm so glad. I am so glad they they fucking did that. You know, it's it's literally just a bot that like is is playing audio from a video. I like that. It, that's not any more different than linking a video to somebody and having them listen to it. Right. It is a weird thing. I don't know why they would go after something like this. Like, it's just like, hey, we want to play audio off of this, so have fun. And it's saying that the bot has been so popular, there's been reportedly over 250 million users of this bot. I mean, I'd see how that would make a dent if, you know, if Google wasn't already kind of a monopoly already. Yeah, and on top of it, too, it's like the creators were thinking that, hey, I was thinking that we were going to get a cease and desist, but I, like, they thought this was going to be inevitable at some point. And that they're saying that on August 30th, the service will end, and that any premium users who have paid for the service beyond the state will receive a refund over the next few weeks. So at least they're trying to get people back their money. But the thing that's annoying, though, about this is the fact that it says on here 
while it does support like Spotify and other music services, this is mostly Google targeting them because most of the music that they use for on the spot is from YouTube. Okay, well, time to disable that feature and you know not get rid of this uh, bot. All right. Right, and another thing that's keep in mind too is that. It's like there's another bot called Rhythm, and it's like if and there's it's an article um, that we have on the Verge is stating too that if Google isn't happy with GroovyBot, then it's hard to imagine it's going to let Rhythm continue as well. It's interesting. I think uh, I think um, Ghostwell actually found out about that because I think I see yeah Rhythm is on is on as a uh, score too. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, yeah, it sucks because, like I said, this is a bot that's been used on many Discord servers. So for those who use it, I'm sorry that something that you valued quite a bit is going to be gone. I, I am kind of too, because what if a Discord is related to music or something? Right. So. I, I can tell that there's plenty of applications that really could be, you know, used for Um However, you can still link videos, I believe, so if that is any solace, not really, but, you know. Yeah, and like I said, it's, it's ending literally in, like, a few days, so we are recording this on August 28th, so as of this recording, will it'll end in, like, two days. Uh, I see. So, I don't think I have much else to say on this again, so let's talk about how... Facebook should be bringing back some features on its main app. It's almost like Facebook, uh, you know, um, doesn't doesn't understand. Uh, I remember we were talking about that. I said something similar to that, um, how Facebook was like, it's almost like they don't know what they're doing and they're like, you know, experimenting with something that it's a bit too obvious that it wouldn't work or something. Yeah, and the funny thing is that they're so Facebook is bringing back voice and video calling to its main mobile app. And according to what this article is saying is that the move that they're doing is following on the heels of an amended antitrust compliant file that was filed on Thursday against Facebook by the U.S. Federal Trade Commission that could force Facebook to spin off its WhatsApp and Instagram apps. So what's probably going to happen is that because of, you know, Facebook's size and that now it's capturing the attention of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, it's speculated that they could start, you know, consulting their apps because of it. And honestly, I wish Messenger could just be integrated with Facebook again. Like, why do you have to do this? Oh, yeah. It takes up more space, in my opinion. I've seen it. So, you exactly. know. I mean, I don't think we have much else to say on that, but it's just like, Facebook, can you just start consulting your apps already? It'd be nice if I didn't have to have, like, these two apps, you know, together, like, separated, like, just integrate them together. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's, if you go on Facebook itself, Messenger is right there on the, you know, on the, uh, mm-hmm. uh on the, one short thing is I, I I understand that Facebook, you know, like uh, 
I understand it wants to like kind of just like have a separate thing for certain people who just want to use Messenger itself. But if you go on like, you know, the Facebook website, you see Messenger is integrated into the website itself and it just makes sense to have it, you know, on the app as well. Not just a separate thing. And onto Windows 11. Right. All right. So I'm just, yeah. Yeah, so onto the topic here. So Windows 11 is going to have that's interesting to Windows 11. The first they are actually going to be making it so they're improving their Windows PC health app and they're going to allow you to install it on older processors using ISN. If you have an ISN so the option, you can do that. However, there's a potential downside with this where, or this article here, they're threatening the full up if the season. So, I think all of that is. I didn't recommend it as long as you can. Yeah, might as well not. Withhold your. If I'm going to be honest, Windows 10 is going to be sported until 25, so. You know, 2025. So it's j- just hang. You know, yeah. that's amazing. I'm going to, yeah. yeah. I definitely, when I upgrade, like, yeah, I'm just going to get a new CPU for when I get in. Like, this thing has caused me to hold for Windows for a long time. All right. So, but other than me getting rushed, um, we don't have a comment of the day as usual, but again, we thank everyone who's been listening to certainly Godcast on you know the all audio service that we've been to, and we thank you. I am flaming hot Mountain Dew sixty nine. I hydroid ninety nine. And Ghostweller is doing something with Monica. Until then, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.